Welcome to the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Corey, and this is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. This is solely for entertainment purposes as I talk about my experiences of investing in AMC stock and becoming an AMC 8. Episode 49, AMC Fear, Fact, and Future. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of afraid for the week. Um, It's not the fear of losing everything. It's more the fear that they're just going to take this thing down again. Who knows, to 40, 38, 35, 33, $29 a share. At some point, you know, they'll take it down so low that people are just going to start loading up again. And then we'll go through this whole routine once more. They'll let it go up to 50, blah, 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 blah. I think the thing that I get fearful about, though, is like, I know they're, they're, they they want to drop it, right? Now, I don't know that for sure. That's my gut feeling. And if that's your gut feeling, you know, you say, why don't you just sell then? Be like these swing traders. You know, if it seems like that's what's going to happen, you start to see it go down, sell it. Wait for it to stop, you know, two or three dollars later, buy it back. And as they say, you've just let the hedge funds buy you more shares. And I don't want to do that. But there's that, that you know, the FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And there is. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out on that would have been easy money. Does it hurt AMC in the long run? Maybe, I guess. But for me, I also don't want to take the chance that, okay, I sell. And then all of a sudden, this stock starts going up 2 or $3 instead of going down. And now if I panic and I want to buy it back, I'm losing shares doing that. So that's one of the other main reasons why I don't do it. But I, you know, I don't know. I talked to my wife about it. I said, listen, we have a bigger position than before. So if they drop this and we go in the red, that's that's a bigger impact on us. And she understood. And she said, nope, we're not selling. We're not selling. So, okay. I know where we're at. We're not selling. We're going to hold it. And it if they haven't covered, it'll go back up. So having an understanding like that, there's not a lot to fear. If they do what they're going to do, let them do it. As long as they don't cover, it has to come back up. There's too much value in it. It may take months, may take years, but it'll go back up. It's kind of, like I said, like taking a breath, deep breath and going underwater. As long as you hold that air in your lungs your body's going to want to go back to the surface or if you have a you know a you know a blow up ball or something like a beach ball and you dunk it underwater and you try to hold it down as long as you can eventually that ball's going to want to come back to the surface so hang in there if you have fear like i do <laughs> hang in there we'll see what happens they're going to do what they're going to do it's funny, I watched a lot of YouTube videos, 
And as soon as people start going to the charts and plotting this out and plotting that out, I just kind of shake my head. And I just think, Hedgie's going to do what Hedgie's going to do. The, the market maker is in charge of this. They steer everything to the dark pool. They have their algorithms set up to do whatever they want to do. They want to scare the heck out of us. Type, 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 type. They let the algorithm go to work. They want this thing to parallel trade for the rest of the day. They want to put it to sleep for the rest of the day. Type, 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 bang. And the stock will sit there and fluctuate. You know, 10 cents up, 10 cents down. But, you know, it stays within the window they want it to. They want to drop it down a few bucks. Bang. Type, 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 type. Ladder attack and... We drop, you know, $2. I just feel like they they control it. Again, these people that do do these, you know, the calls that gamble this money and gamble on what the price is going to be at the end of the week. Everybody's telling them, stop doing that. You're just giving them money. It's a rigged game. You're just handing them your money when they can manipulate the price and go collect your money wherever that high rung is but you can't tell people what to do with their money they're going to make their own decisions and my decision is to not sell to hang in there so i hope you're able to hang in there as well if anything if they drop it down really low we'll buy i'll buy a few shares as much as we can afford, it's it's tough. We just paid our mortgage, you know. And um, but my wife will get paid this week. I get money from Instacart, so hopefully we'll you know we can build back. But um, yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun watching that account go down. But we we'll, like I said, we both get paid this week, and so it'll go back up. Fact. You know, again, it's another one of those weekends where a lot of stuff's going around about Evergrande, about Citadel moving, about the you know the the, the government issuing a a minting a one trillion dollar coin. Put that in a gumball machine, right? Vacuum up that that trillion dollar coin that was on the carpet when you're doing your vacuuming. Clink clink clink. You hear that thing go up the vacuum cleaner? Huh? A trillion bucks. To- all these things, the, the, the debt ceiling, that the Republicans in Congress won't, won't allow the debt ceiling to go up. There's going to be the market crash coming October 1st. The banks have to have a trillion dollars on hand to withstand a recession. All these things, all these things go around. Some of them are facts. Some of them, who knows what it is. Citadel, the fact is, well, there was a moving company in there. Why they were there, what the purpose was, we don't know. And maybe we'll find out today on Monday. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to know what to think with all of this information going around. But if you want, it's interesting. Um, a lot of times when this stuff happens, that doesn't really lead to much. That's been my experience. Um, that any time there's, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And then 
nothing much ma nothing happens really but then you know all of a sudden you know out of the out of the blue you know the stock will, will jump there's no explanation for it just it just goes so who knows the the only fact that you really need to know is the sh the shorts haven't covered the hedge funds haven't covered their shorts and until they do there's value in this deal you know think about the fact of you know is there are there short are there synthetic shares out there are there 3 billion synthetic shares out there are there 6 billion synthetic shares out there we don't know that you know we won't be able to tell that's a fact for a while but if there are and they have to cover those then maybe that is when we'll so see six figures for a share of AMC I don't know we'll see and the future what's the future of AMC going to be like well, you know, it was nice to see them having some football games on there. They didn't have them, you know, in my area. We don't really have an AMC close by to where I live. But they, even if I wanted to drive a little bit, they didn't have the football games on. Now, not that I'm the biggest football fan, but I might go check something like that out. One, to support AMC, but also just kind of see what it's like watching it with an audience. It is it is a little more fun watching a sporting event with an audience and being there as part of the excitement. I think it'd be great, you know, if they put the Super Bowl on the big screen. I think it'd be a lot of fun watching the Super Bowl at a, a movie theater with everybody watching it. I don't know. We'll find out. Um, but it shows that, you know, there's good leadership at AMC right now and they're trying stuff. They're doing, you know, cryptocurrency, all these these things that they're doing. So I salute them for that. And we'll see. You know, a lot of big movies coming out to the theaters. And I think the theater, the movie studios taking a second look at just, well, we'll just dump everything on streaming. You know, movie theaters are dying anyway. We'll just accelerate it. It was inevitable and we'll just accelerate it. And I think they're taking a step back and saying, well, maybe this is worthwhile to have a theatrical release and then go to home video so the future of amc i don't know i think it looks pretty good whether it, i don't know what what the future value of amc is going to be after the squeeze but who knows we you know we may end up with a few shares that maybe we miss out on if we're holding them forever and the stock crashes back down or after after the squeeze after we've sold everything and the stock's gone down to you know 40 60 dollars whatever it is or 30 dollars or 20 dollars you know maybe we'll buy some at an old old time sake right um but it's nice to see amc doing stuff and feeling like you know there's a future here you maybe saw the reports that i think i think it was eight out of the top 10 theaters in the nation top grossing theaters eight of eight out of ten were amc and then maybe 15 out of 22 were amc not bad not bad at all so we get ready for this week you know they always there's that saying prepare for the worst hope for the best prepare for the worst 
And really, for me, preparing for it, there isn't a lot of preparing. It's more mental than anything. Um, it's not like I'm going to sell shares to get ready for it. And it's just about mentally being ready for it if it happens. And if it's a good week, then that takes care of itself. And we'll see how good a week it is. I hope it's a great week. Why wouldn't I, right? Um, I want to touch base on a couple little things. It's funny, I talked about the video, that, or the, the video, the podcast where I talked about Instacart, and I talked about some orders being like $100 orders or $60 orders. Like typically the orders range from, you know, 20 to, you know, maybe $40, those are your, your your average, and I just want to make sure you you know understood that's not the total amount of groceries that are bought. When I say it's not like the the client bought forty dollars of groceries, and and part of that is you know you get your tip in there, or whatever. That's that's the money that Instacart pays you plus the tip the client leaves. So if it's a hundred dollar order, that means and usually in that situation, and I believe it was a situation before. Instacart would have paid you maybe, you know, $10 or whatever, and the customer was literally leaving you a $100 tip on that, right? Um, or, you know, the order could be $10, and they're leaving you a $30 tip, so it's a, a $40 order. Or, or any any of those combinations that when Instacart pays you, I think it's, I'm not, it, I know they pay you $0.60 cents a mile, right? And then there's sort of a, a, a basic fee you get for that order and I, I don't know if it counts if the number of items on the order impacts it or not it might but I'm not sure about that I do know that the mileage does and I know they give you a, a base payout for the for the order and then the rest of it is made up by the client and I'll tell you I got lucky on um, on Saturday I saw an order and um, it was a $60 order and this time I was smart enough to grab it, right? Then look at it. If there's a real issue with it, I could always reject it. And if there wasn't an issue with it, go do your order and get your 60 bucks. So it was it was 40 items. So it was a lot of shopping, but it was only one order, one one customer. So I didn't have to worry about keeping the order separate or hauling around two different carts. So it was a, it was a lot of items, um, and it was at a... Uh, it was at a New Seasons market. Now, I don't generally like to do New Seasons or Fred Meyer or some other grocery store. I like to stick to Costco just because Costco has things in stock. Sometimes, occasionally, they are missing something. But for the most part, they have pallets of the items you're looking for. Um, you may not, you may have to look around to make to see where it's at, but usually they have it and they'll have plenty of it in stock. So the customer's happier. You don't have to spend the time contacting the customer to see if they want a replacement um, or if, if what you want to replace it with is good enough for them. Because what I learned before was if you don't communicate with the customer and they give you a bad rating, you no longer have that perfect rating to get a preview of all the, the good items or the good orders with the big tips. Not, and not when I say preview, I mean you get first crack at it. So I I generally like to stick to Costco, but in, in this situation, hey, it was sixty you know sixty bucks, and and uh, like fifty of that was going to be a tip, fifty dollar tip. Okay, I'll take that. So I did it. It took a little while to do it, but I did it. 
And unfortunately, yes, because it wasn't in Costco, a lot of their stuff was out of stock. And for me, fortunately, the, the client was there and I was able to communicate with the client effectively. Sometimes they said, no, I don't want a substitute for this. Just refund it. Other times they were happy with the substitute and I could, you know, make that change for them. Now, one thing that they wanted that they didn't have, they wanted a box of uh, Cheez-Its, right? And they were out of Cheez-Its. And they did have like a different brand of kind of cheddar cracker, kind of like a Cheez-It. And, and I suggested that as a replacement. And they said, no, just just um, just refund it. So anyway, so I'm checking out and I'm like, God, this person's leaving me a $50 tip. I feel bad that, you know, the, the one thing they really didn't get on their order that, that they wanted refunded was these Cheez-Its. And I said, you know, I should run across the street. There's another grocery store across the street. I should run over there, grab a box of Cheez-Its and deliver it with them, right? I mean, they're giving you a $50 tip, give them $50 tip service. So it, it I, I was going to do that, but and then I thought, well, you know, it's that that store that's pretty congested over there. And then, you know, I was like, ah, maybe I'll just deliver it. I didn't say anything to the client, so I, I was going to, you know what, I'll just deliver it. But, but along the way, I did see another store that was just right off the road. And it was a smaller store, so I knew there wouldn't be lines. And I knew I could duck in there, basically like a drugstore. And a lot of times, drugstores will have, they'll sell those crackers. So I had a pretty good suspicion that they would have cheesy crackers at this drugstore. So I said, all right, I'm going to do that. Plus, I, was, I wanted to get a Coke anyway. I wanted to get something to drink. Um, so I, I pulled off real quick, went inside. Sure enough, they had the Cheez-Its. So I bought them. I kept the receipt for the Cheez-Its and took it with me. And when I got to the client's house, they had selected, you know, just leave at the door. So I left the Cheez-Its there with the receipt. And then when I, when I was closing out the order, I, I left a note saying, hey, I, I've got you. I picked you up a box of Cheez-Its on my way over here. Now, I didn't say pay me back for it. I didn't, you know, as far as I was concerned, hey, they're leaving me a very generous tip. I would take it out of the tip. You know, I would, out of my own tip, I would let them have these Cheez-Its for the generous tip. But I included the receipt just in case they wanted to know how much it was and they didn't want to pay me for it, they could. And, of course, they adjusted the tip and they, they did pay me for it. So the, the 50... Um, $50 tip went up by five bucks to cover the, the cheeses. But that's, again, someone gives you a tip like that, give them the service that they deserve. I've only done that maybe one other time where I stopped at a place to get something for the client. And it was only because it was right next door. And I knew exactly what they wanted. And I knew where it was. Normally, I won't do that. Um, but I think if the client is giving you a big tip like that, you know, help them out, Right. So anyway, um, but I just want to clarify that when I talk about these orders, a hundred dollar order is literally that a hundred, almost a hundred dollars. It, it was like a hundred and ten, and I think ten dollars was from Instacart, and the other hundred was the client giving you a big tip. And you can understand why that went pretty quick. Um, but I, you know, it's funny we, you know, we talk about some of these orders. You see, I saw an order on there, and it was only two items. It was a fifteen dollar order, and it was only two items, but. The quantity on the items, they wanted 30 of them. And it was these big cardboard boxes of this little snack bags. <laughs> and they wanted 30 of these things. Here's the thing. No tip on that order. Now, that could mean they were going to give you a tip at the end to see your performance. You'd have to do it on faith. 
But if they have, have it sitting there, no tip, and you do this and they don't give you a tip, that's your own fault. You took the order with no tip and they didn't give you a tip. But I couldn't believe that. They'd want 30 of these boxes. You want a pain in the neck? It would be to get the one. I wasn't sure if they had 30 of them. They might, you know, they might not have all those. But that's literally like a pallet of these, you know, snack bags of like, you know, Lay's and Doritos um, that you'd have to load up and no tip on it. So obviously I didn't take it. Somebody took it eventually, I imagine. Um, but you never know, you know. Um, but that's the range. You get someone that, and, and, and it's funny, a lot of the homes I deliver to, there's some really well-off sections in, of the organ that, that I live in, right? And I deliver to some of these beautiful homes. And you, and a lot of times, it's not surprising that's where some of the big tips are, right? And I, and I wasn't sure. I, I thought, well, geez, this must be a huge home that this is going to, right? I can't wait to see where this person lives that they can afford to give a $50 tip. And I get there, and it's just a regular neighborhood, regular suburban neighborhood, if anything, on the smaller side, you know. And um, and I get there, and it's funny because they, I didn't really meet the client, but they had a little, they had a little boy, and the little boy was at the window, you know, telling his mom that the, you know, the order's there. So they have kids, and let me tell you something. I know what it's like to have little kids. It's expensive, and the fact that they, you know, gave me, you know, a tip like that, that that was very generous of them, and it was very moved that it wasn't from a huge house. It wasn't, and I've seen that too. I I delivered once to an apartment. And they, they gave me a $20 tip. And I thought I was very moved about that. That you know, Like I said, if you're delivering at some McMansion and they have a tip on there, that's not that surprising. You say that makes, you know, it seems, seems like it makes sense. But when it's, you know, it's a smaller house and they, they do that, then I, it's something I'm very appreciative of because that's how you can actually make a living or at least make a little bit of money doing this i mean can you imagine if you worked all day and there was like no tips like that one order i told you about you'd bear you wouldn't even make minimum wage and you'd be driving your car around using your gas so um my hat's off to you know people who leave good tips on instacart um well anyway we'll we'll see how the week goes for us come on back i'll be here for the week i'll try to post every day and uh, we'll talk about how it's going. Again, my hope is that, that the stock does well. It goes back up. My fear is we're in the hands of these hedge funds. They have billions of dollars at their disposal. And they'll do whatever they take need to do to shake us off. I've said this before. At this point, they're not shorting AMC. They're shorting you they're betting against you this isn't about the fundamentals of how the amc company is run what the future is this is about shorting the ape community and betting against the ape community and saying i think if i drop this price the apes will start selling they'll get frustrated they'll turn on each other and let's just drag it out and they're going to miss out on all these other squeeze plays and all these crypto dips. They're missing out on all of it. And that's what they're betting on. That will fold. 
will fail. But I don't know. I'm I'm with the apes. I have bought other stock in this period, and when it showed signs of weakness, I sold it almost immediately. Because there wasn't a community around those stocks like there is around AMC. That that's the community gives me strength. That the research, the DD, everybody posting videos or on Twitter, you know, I get a lot of strength from that, rightly or wrongly. <laughs> You know, it's funny, I did the video, this the, again, the video the other day. I did the podcast the other day that, you know, you are here again, right? Like, sort of taking stock of where I was. And I just think, like, I I, I think about some of the videos I, I watch. There's, um, uh, you know, one one who does more GME that, you know, he's, he has, you know, face paint on like the ultimate warrior. And he's screaming like he's Ric Flair. And I watch it, you know, and I take whatever I can from that. There's Lou that I watch, and I I had my whole, you know, I did my whole segment on Lou. Um, the all and all these other guys that I watch, and you say these, this is who you're taking your stock advice from. This is what you're risking your money on, and these are the people you're listening to. Well, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> They are. Um, you take it with a grain of salt. You don't. You know. You have your plan. You make your decisions. But you know, this is the community that I've joined, and uh, we'll see. Well, anyway, I hope you have a good week ahead. You know, I don't know if we'll have the Moas this week, but we might. You never can tell when it's going to come, right? And maybe that will be the next episode of the AMC Stock Story.